another one. <laughs> Welcome in today. Bill Michaels Show. And I'm talking about the Brewers. My God. That was a, uh, to say it was a debacle last night down at the ball yard would be a, a dramatic understatement. Holy mackerel. The Brewers are getting shelled right now. And uh, not doing much offensively, to be quite honest with you. Welcome to the program today. Uh, so that was the bad news. The good news is in 2025, we will all convene for the NFL draft in Green Bay, which was exciting news. It's going to happen before Mark Murphy steps aside as the uh, president of, uh, of the Green Bay Packers. And finally, uh, he, uh, he, he got it pushed through. So kudos to Mark Murphy and uh, the team in Green Bay for getting this deal done. Uh, there is another aspect of this that was brought up last night, and I, I will get into it for a short period of time because I, it's, it's not really, uh, while I don't want to say it's not worth discussing, it's not worth discussing too in-depth. So we'll talk about it. Uh, you've got uh, the Lakers ousted. I uh, couldn't have been smiling any wider if I had to. Uh, to watch Jokic with that Larry Bird-esque whale up of a 25-footer last night that silenced the crowd and uh, then put them over the top ultimately to have LeBron stuffed at the end of the game and victory for the Denver Nuggets as they go to the NBA Finals. Uh, If the Heat win tonight, there will not be any NBA games between now and next week. Believe that. The NBA goes silent goes dark as nothing is going to happen because they are not going to move up the finals. They have their dates. That's when they're going to uh, you know, play those games, and they're not going to move it for anybody. So, therefore, the, uh, the NBA is going to go dark for a period of time if, indeed, the win happens tonight. So uh, we will have nothing but uh, some golf, baseball, uh, and whatever else, uh, racing, whatever else you can find on the tube this weekend, but it probably won't be the NBA. You will, however, you will, however, have uh, some AHL hockey. So, going to be rooting uh, coming up on Thursday night for the uh, for the Milwaukee Admirals. But uh, hopefully, the uh, the Celtics go down tonight, and the NBA is going dark, and then uh, it all begins next week. Tonight, you've got seven thirty Eastern time. Celtics on the road in Miami. Miami about to close things out against uh, Boston. Ben Kenny producing the program as we count down. We, uh, this is the fourth day left, four days remaining until Ben's departure for Philadelphia. Uh, we would assume for good, but you never know. Uh, you never say never. So, Ben, how you doing today? Good. Uh, should we brand this show as Mark Murphy Appreciation Day or what? Yeah, I was going to say, for all of those that were so upset with Mark Murphy about whatever, do you then turn around today and go, nice job? That, I'd love to know that because getting the NFL draft is a big deal. You getting it to come to your city, <laughs> it's, it's, it's a big deal. It's absolutely a big deal. So getting that uh, into, uh, into Green Bay, and now I haven't seen how the layout is going to be and what they're going to utilize and all that kind of stuff, but uh, you got to think it's uh, you know, going to involve, involve that t- you know, either the title town area to put all the fans on that giant football field and the stage at the end and such with Lambeau Field in the background, or they're going to utilize the rest center in some way, shape, or form, and uh, then, you know, have still Lambeau Field in the background. 
Uh, I just don't know. I don't know how that's going to work. We hope to. I know there's a press conference today. I've been in communication with the, uh, with the Packers earlier today. We hope to get Mark Murphy on the program. We hope to get Mark Murphy on the program. Brett says, how soon can I get a room at the Bay Motel for the draft? You, Brett, if you uh, send us your credit card information, we will put you, uh, we'll, we'll bunk you with Mike Clements. And then send me your social security number (laughs) and all bank account information. Yes. Uh, So there you have it. Uh, Other than that, go ahead. You do have to think the underground parking garage is going to be utilized. I'm sure Uh, Clemens is just pumped about that. Oh, yeah. Uh, Mike's Mike's geeked. Mike is uh, excited. Mike uh, is hoping that he gets a space down there. He's been there long enough. He certainly deserves one. So Mike is uh, excited. Mike Mike is hoping it it all works out. Yeah, if not, Mike is, at the very least, going to jump in the back of somebody's pickup truck under a tonneau cover and try to make his way into that. Because, you know, that's what Mike does. Mike goes incognito. Mike's, Mike's in underground. That's, that's, he's our underground operative in Green Bay. So Mike will, uh, Mike will certainly find out everything. Uh, so that's it. That's uh, kind of where we're at today. Uh, we've got a plethora of stuff. OTAs are underway, so we're going to get some reports from Green Bay. So we're going to hear from Todd Rosiak today of the Journal Sentinel and talk with him about this god-awful stretch that the Brewers are on right now. We'll get into that discussion. Wayne Larrabee, the voice of the Green Bay Packers, we're going to talk with him about the OTAs. We're going to talk with him about what it means for uh, for this franchise for the NFL draft. We'll get into that coming up here in a little bit. I will. I do want to address one thing, and, and this was brought up yesterday, and I wanted to stop this before it became a thing. And I'm I, and I don't mean to be the bucket of cold water here, but I am. Just from experience, I am. The announcement came yesterday for the NFL draft to come to Green Bay, and it was right after we got off the air, and it you know it was exciting, and you know I posted it, and it was on Twitter and all that kind of stuff, and everybody's getting excited excited about it. Um, then came, and I knew it would happen if indeed they got the draft. Then came the, now they've got to get a Super Bowl. They're never going to get a Super Bowl. Not unless that stadium is a dome. It, they're never going to get it. It's you, unless you go to the spectacle that is the Super Bowl. And, and I, again, I, I don't mean to, to be the dousing of cold water. I mean, unless you utilize Milwaukee as the the you know if they if they cover the stadium and they utilize Milwaukee as the convention center and they're using you know the Badgers and something else for you know the bubbles for the teams to practice in it, it's you know it's never going to happen it it just they, they don't have enough space they don't have enough convention space they don't have it's just if you go to the Super Bowl now the NFL experience alone is bigger than the convention center in Milwaukee. Just the NFL experience. If you've never been to one. Um, Phoenix and Houston are probably two of the biggest convention centers I've been into. And the NFL utilized every square inch of it. The Radio Row this past year in Arizona, just the quadrant they used for Radio Row, is bigger than the Milwaukee Convention Center as it currently stands. It's just that big. It, it's there's nowhere to hold it. And and again, I, I'm not saying that it's that this sucks or anything like that. It just it's the reality of what it is. After Minnesota, there was the rumblings because remember 
the Minnesota Super Bowl, they held Radio Row in the Mall of America, and it was kind of a joke. It, it was terrible. It was terrible working conditions. It was crowded. The players didn't want to go there. Uh, it was really cold. The outdoor concerts that they wanted to plan got, all got canceled. The indoor event, which was only opening night over at the arena in St. Paul, it was it was small there. It just there's just not enough total space. Now you could certainly do opening night at um, at the Fiserv. Absolutely, the Fiserv is a is a pre. You could even do it at Miller Park or at American Family Field. You could even do it there. It is a premier facility. It's got a dome. They can heat it. Absolutely, but it, it just. It's just never going to happen. And and the Super Bowl is all about commercial real estate. It's about what the NFL can sell, how much of it they can sell, and and that's that's what it's about. It, and so I'm I, – I think as Packers fans, while you would love to have the pride of hosting it and saying it's being hosted at Lambeau Field, um, unless there's a dome on Lambeau, it's never going to happen. And – I got to be honest. I think everybody, including a lot of Packers fans, would rather, you know, even if your team's in it, you would probably rather go to someplace either climate controlled or warm to see the Super Bowl. So, Merlin says the Super Bowl is for millionaires and billionaires for the most part. They've pretty much uh, cut the average person out of it. Never be in Green Bay, I agree. Um, yeah. You know, now there are, you know, certain tickets available for, uh, you know, people that want to go. Um, there are some, you know, better tickets to be had. But for the most part, yes, it's the sport's biggest spectacle. It's the most viewed game of the season. The largest television audience, 95% of football fans are sitting at home or at a party or in a bar, and they're hunkered down with their food and all their beverages, and they've got their day planned, and it's all around the festivities and the monetized real estate that is the Super Bowl. So I, I, I there was talk of it yesterday, and, and there's a few that just would love to see it, but, you know, I had a couple of people that emailed me and a couple of people that were on Facebook and Twitter and say, it just, it, I don't want to be a jerk. It's just, it's just not going to happen. So that's why you get the draft. You know, you get an NFL event, but it's not as grand a scale, but it's more of a fan-oriented event, and, and you know, you'd be happy with it. You know, be happy with what you got. Take it. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. 877-867-1670, 877-867-1670. Ben, do you think there will ever be a Super Bowl in Philly? No, I, I don't. don't think so either. I mean, the... Well, it's also they're going to all these new spaceship stadiums, right? You got right. L.A., you got Vegas. They're going to build one in Buffalo and Nashville. And Philly had a draft, and it was it was incredible. Mm -hmm. It was an awesome yep. event. And I think the Green Bay one will be as well. But, no, the stadium is not Super Bowl, I would say, ready. And, I, frankly, for the, for the community of NFL fans in the country, maybe it's better to not go to a Super Bowl in Philly. There speaking, is, yeah, especially if the Cowboys are in it. Probably five or six stadiums that I can think of that I would say this just should be the Super Bowl rotation. Uh, there's AT and T in Dallas. There's the Superdome down in New Orleans. There's the Hard Rock in Miami. Although Miami, as big of a city as it is, it's just so spread out. 
I mean, granted, uh, you know, AT&T Stadium's in Arlington, but Dallas is not that far away. But traffic-wise, Miami is a pretty congested area. And and the stadium's halfway between Miami and Fort Lauderdale anyway. But uh, you could always then say uh, Phoenix, Vegas, and as much as I hate L.A., and I do, uh, then Southern California and SoFi Stadium. Because SoFi Stadium's just stunning. It's an unbelievable venue. But those are probably the five or six stadiums that should just host it in rotation and and just call it a day and just let those stadiums battle over it. Uh, Vegas has never hosted a Super Bowl, so I, I'm excited to see what that event is going to be like. As a matter of fact, I think uh, at the end of this week we're ordering our house. Things open up to where we can order our house. So uh, Brett says, what about Atlanta? Nah. Atlanta's got a terrific setup because it's not far away from the stadium and State Farm Arena's right around the corner from the convention center. But I just wasn't a fan of the city of Atlanta. Just uh, just wasn't. It wasn't terrible to get around, I will say that. Um, it, it, was, it was workable, but just as a fan. And you know what? I, I shouldn't say that because downtown, they had everything pretty much set up downtown and around that area for the uh for the fan experience. So that that was that was kind of cool. I will say that. So maybe Atlanta, maybe you could put Atlanta into the mix. But yeah, I'm, uh, I'm beyond that. There's that's it. Even like Levi Stadium. I'm not a fan of, you know, having the Super Bowl in San Francisco. First of all, as much as like I said I hate LA and I hate LA for so many different reasons. Um, but it's a beautiful stadium and beautiful facility to actually host the game. So it's not bad, but San Francisco is a toilet. It's just a pathetic dump of a toilet, and it's become that way. And the fact that the stadium's not even there, it's an hour and a half south. So I, you know, in Santa Clara, no, I wouldn't want to do it. Uh, Mary says it'd be fun to have a snowy Super Bowl in Green Bay. Yeah, it would be great, Mary, and we would love it, but the rest of the world wouldn't. Unless you get the snow globe effect. Remember, uh, there's been a couple of them, like when uh, the Packers played San Francisco a couple of years ago in the postseason, and it was one of those nights where it was snowing, and it was the snow globe effect, which makes it really cool. Yeah, I could see that, but a freezing cold, 20-degree night, you know, wind chills at 10 below, wind blowing, yeah, that, that would not make it for, you know, for a, a very <laughs> nice Super Bowl. Uh, Wayne says, how long before the Pfizer holds the NBA All-Star game? It's got to be coming up soon, right? It's got to be. You you would assume that you're going to be on that list at some point. It's certainly a, a, an astonishing facility to be able to do it. Now, the problem is that they do it in you know, what, February? So it's pretty pretty nasty here at that point in time. I don't know if that's what's the deterrent, but they've done it in New York, right? They've done it in New York. They've done it in other places, other northern cities. It's not just, you know, in South Beach all the time to do the NBA All-Star game. So you got to assume that. I don't know what the requirement is for hotel space and convention space and all that kind of stuff. But my assumption is with the, the convention center being expanded, um that maybe it would hold whatever it is the NBA wants to do. The NBA is is their setup is nowhere near as grand a scale as what the NFL is for the NFL experience. 
But, yeah, you got to assume at some point they got to be on that rotation, right? 877-867-1670. 877-867-1670. Good Tuesday to you. Beautiful day today. Beautiful day today. Uh, enjoying the weather. Hopefully you are as well. Hey, if you're going to get outside, uh, you're looking around right now and you're saying, you know, hey, look at the patio. Look at the patio furniture. Oh, man, got to get some new stuff. Great place to go. It's our friends over there at Master Z's on Blue Mountain Road in Brookfield. Whether it's patio furniture, umbrellas, pool, t- uh, pool tables, games, shuffleboards, indoor, outdoor, outdoor stuff, fire pits for the outside, both gas and wood. Uh, you've got dart boards, darts, all that kind of stuff for the inside. Bar stools, Adirondack chairs, all made with that composite material for the outside. Doesn't fade, doesn't weather. You can get that stuff as well if you want to beautify your outdoor space. Check out our friends at Master's Ease, Blue Mound Road in Brookfield. That's Master's Ease, Blue Mound Road in Brookfield. Call them uh, 262-746-5931. And right there, that patio set that you're seeing right on the uh, display and the chairs around it, that's uh, that's from Master's Ease. Also, the barstool chairs uh, around the Tiki Hut from Master's Ease. Great stuff. Blue Mound Road in Brookfield. Get a hold of them. I use them. You're going to be happy with them. That's damn sure. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. program good to have you the bill michaels show back back um the uh will tell says uh, we got a lot of stuff over on the live stream today a lot of people active on the live stream today good stuff says uh packers fans can stop issues with rogers when his influence on the packers stop his contract is the reason why the packers are in cap hell the media never talks about how bad the contract is well, yes, we do. It's one more year. It's this year. That's it. Nothing more after that. I mean, I don't know what else you want us to say. It's $43 million against the cap this year, regardless. Um, And, yeah, they hung on to some other players and such and kicked the can down the road on some contracts. But the, Rogers' money comes off the cap this year. After this season, is done. Uh, by the way, the Jets have uh, to deal with the Rodgers contract issues now, and there's going to be major cap issues with the Jets because of his contract. So, but we that's all we talked about is the cap and the issues and the problems and such and what that's meant for the Green Bay Packers. So I don't know what you're, what you're talking about, but we have talked about it. Bill, Wayne Larrabee's all set. Oh, Wayne Larvey on the line. Good to have Wayne with us. Wayne, how you doing today, pal? Appreciate you coming on. Good, Bill. How are you? We're doing great. I, I got to ask you, Wayne, right away, what do you think it means to this organization to get the NFL draft in Green Bay? I think it's a tremendous accomplishment when you think about it. I mean, outside of the Super Bowl, the biggest party the NFL throws is the draft. And, you know, 320 thousand people came to Kansas City last April uh, to take part in it. And, you know, a like number will come to Green Bay. It's, it's great for not just the Packers 
in Green Bay, but for the entire state economy. So I, I think it's going to be great. And what an upset to be able to finally get that draft to come to Green Bay. I, what does that mean for? Because I know Mark Murphy wanted it so bad before he uh, ended up walking away from office. This is one of those he took things over from Bob Harlan and business wise has expounded upon it exponentially. And then is this kind of that short of getting another Super Bowl? Is this kind of another feather in the cap before he walks away? Oh, I think so. No question about it. And you know his legacy will always be uh, Titletown. He and Ed Policy. Ed Policy has done a, a great deal of work on Titletown and is a uh, tremendous executive and, and has guided that project from the beginning under Mark Murphy. Um, and then the other person involved with the draft has been Gabrielle Dow, um, who's the vice president of fan involvement. And she's been at the uh, root of uh, the process in which the team has undergone to tr- acquire the NFL draft for Green Bay. So she deserves a tremendous amount of credit as well. Just to, you know, it, it's a real accomplishment, Bill, when you think about it, uh, this market to get that, uh, event um it took a lot of work and and much work to be done obviously to get up to speed uh, to host it in two years i'm looking forward to all the final details and where everybody's going to be and such and uh, i know they've got a couple of years to get it all together but we're excited about that but more so uh wayne do you get the sense that the specter the the cloud and i, I don't want to say it in a negative light but for lack of a better term the drama that has been the last few off seasons with aaron Rodgers. do you get the sense that all of that is now lifted and we're just back to football we're just back to coaching we're just back to seeing the x's and o's and not worrying about feelings and caps and all that kind of stuff you know, I was at practice yesterday, um, and I know today's practice is open to the media. Um, I couldn't be there, but I was up in Green Bay on some business yesterday and, and stopped over at practice. There's a different feel to the whole thing. There's a different atmosphere. Uh, there's a lot of teaching going on. Um, not that there wasn't before. There was. But um, there's a lot going on uh, that I think there's a positive energy there uh, that, hey, listen, would you love to have a, a Hall of Fame a quarterback like Rodgers uh, behind center, sure. But um, you've got there's a an excitement for what you might have coming up in in Jordan Love, and you know he looked very good to me in the drills out there yesterday. Um, most of the veterans were there, and it was uh, it was great. It was a, a very good practice, and and you know, Bill, it's funny because I, I think a lot of us who are around for the '70s and '80s remember that time. You know, we're all thinking, oh, my gosh, are they going back to the 70s and 80s without a Brett Favre or Aaron Rodgers, a quarterback? I don't think that's the case. And the other thing is, you know, there's an impression that the Packers are in a full rebuild, and that certainly is not the case either. I mean, are they rebuilding part of the offense? Sure. New quarterback, very young receiving core, but you have a veteran offensive line. You have uh, one of the best running back combinations in football, and you have a defense now with eight first-round draft choices in it. And and really, that's the key, in my opinion. That's what has to gel this year for this team to be successful. But um, they're far from a rebuilding project, that's for sure. How much, and Wayne, I was talking about this last week uh, because we talked, you know, everybody wants to talk about hot seats and where the pressure point is. And I said, look, I think there's two people. One is Matt LaFleur and getting that quarterback in Jordan Love and this offense on track and getting them in a rhythm and putting in the right place at the right time to be successful. The other thing is that defense has to support the offense. No longer is it just you can say Aaron Rodgers go win us ball games. The defense has to be there. So the defense, in my opinion, has to be top 12, top 10. So I think when you talk about pressure, I think it's both Matt LaFleur and Joe Barry are feeling it right now, right? Yeah, uh, no question. And and obviously Joe Barry, I'm sure, you know, he's, he's a, if you know Joe Barry, you really respect him as a human being and as a coach. 
Um, and you know he's working hard to get this thing right from the very beginning. They finally came on in the last six weeks of last season, which is why Matt retained Joe uh, as defensive coordinator. They started to really play the way they had envisioned playing uh, in the last six weeks of the season. Unfortunately, it was a little too li- too little too late. Um, and the big key down the stretch and the reason they were a better defense down the stretch last year in the last six games was the turnovers. I believe they, they had like 12 turn- takeaways in the last six games of the season. That's, that's the number they'd like to start out with uh, in this regular season. So that's going to be a big part of it. But I, I do think there's an awful lot of uh, anticipation and, and um, real excitement over what the Packers are going to look like. And, uh, you know, hey, Matt LaFleur is going to get to run his offense uh, the way he, he wants to. You know, he's, he's coaching a guy. He's got, they've got a piece of clay at quarterback that they can mold into the guy they want to fit their offense. You know, um, Aaron Rodgers, they were happy to have him. Don't get me wrong. I'm thrilled to have him. He gave him great uh, play quarterback. But he was an established product by then, and they kind of coached around him, if you know what I mean, if that makes any sense at all. I I know I completely get it uh, and and I'm excited about it and as much as I'm excited to see the offense and Musgrave and Kraft and Jaden Reed and those guys really come into the mix I'm excited to see the second year guys and Quay Walker and Devontae Wyatt and how much they've absorbed how much bigger or stronger they've gotten how much quicker they've gotten and how much of an impact they're going to have on this defense because if Wyatt uh, can really be the guy up front alongside Kenny Clark I think it changes the dynamic of that defense. I do, too. Um, I think he and, and T.J. Slayton's another. Um, and, and Jerry Montgomery, the defensive line coach, always talks about the consistency factor. Um, you know, I think with Devontae White, consistency of effort that he's going to need to succeed on this level. You know, Georgia in the college game, you can get away for, with a big lineman, very talented. You can get away with sliding a few plays here or there. You can't do that in the NFL. And I think Devontae's learned that. And, he came up the hard way. He didn't start until late in the season last year, and I thought showed some uh, showed some nice signs down the stretch of, of the kind of play that we can expect from him. But you're right. Kenny Clark needs some help on that defensive front. T.J. Slayton's another guy going into his third or fourth year now. This is big for him. Um, he's a guy loaded with talent, great size, uh, will you know kind of stabilize the middle of that defensive line if he plays well enough. And if they do, uh, they may not be as deep on the defensive line as, as you've seen in the past, but those three guys can really make a make for a very good defensive line to start with. The defensive backfield, the safety position, no Adrian Amos. Uh, and by the way, we're talking with Wayne Larry, the voice of the Green Bay Packers. No Adrian Amos. How much do you think that position is or is not solidified at this point? It's going to be interesting to see because I think that um, what they're hoping to do is They've got a bunch of talent there. Uh, you know, Jonathan Owens in there, Jarvarius Moore uh, from the 49ers, um, you know, Owens from Houston. So they've got some talent. They've got some veteran talent there. I'm anxious to see Anthony Johnson, uh, whom they gave number 36 to, Leroy Butler's number. Uh, he's a seventh-round mm-hmm. draft choice, but they have hopes for him at the safety spot out of Iowa State. And then Darnell Savage. Uh, you know, uh, watching him yesterday in practice, it seems like, the closer to the line of scrimmage Savage plays, the better he plays. So it'll be interesting to see how that whole thing sorts it out. But there's talent there. There are options at that position. 
with uh, the youth of the team, but like you said, Wayne, and I said the same thing, they're not in a rebuild. They've got a veteran offensive line, veteran guys up front, veteran pass rush on the outside. You add in the, the bulk of Lucas Van Ness. I don't know what they're going to get out of Rashawn Gary or Eric Stokes, but they've got a lot of veteran guys that have been there, done that on this team. I think really your only question marks are the weapons around the quarterback, the quarterback himself, and maybe the rotation of pass rush. Other than that, they sh- everything should be pretty good. Yeah. Oh, no, you expect you, know, you would expect it would be. And, you know, don't forget special teams. Um, you know, it depends on what happens with the kicker. Um, now, you know, it'll be interesting to see. He looked good yesterday. Um, but, you know, special teams improving overall under Rich Versaccia and taking another step forward in his second year, both in coverage and in the return game, I think that's going to be key to watch his way as well. Uh, Jaden Reed's the guy I'm looking for on punt returns. I think he's he's got a lot of quickness. The kid out of Michigan State, second-round draft choice, he'll play the slot on offense, he'll play – I think punt return on um, the special teams. And this kid has a lot of ability. It'll be interesting to see where he fits in. The uh, the kicking game, we all know. Uh, look, uh, we'd love to see Mason Crosby out there, but it appears they're moving on unless something goes horrifically awry. So, But that's points, and, and that's the one thing. Mason Crosby, 49 yards and in last year, was extremely solid. It was beyond 49, beyond 50 that uh, there was a little bit of a struggle. So that being said, with the points that are necessary for this team, and I don't think you can leave any on the field, how confident are they in this kicking game at this point? Well, we'll see. I, I, you know, it's just really the first workout was yesterday. Second one is today. Um, we'll see as they go forward, Bill. I, I really can't make a comment on that because I just don't know where they are in, in terms of how they feel, how strong they feel about Carlson, the kicker. Um, you know, and th- that's something that remains to be seen. And, and the door has not been shut on uh, Mason Crosby. And by the way, they haven't given anybody his number two yet, as far as I know. So uh, the door is still open there. <laughs> Even for Amos, you know, number 31 mm-hmm. has not been assigned as of yet either. So that, that shows you the door is at least a little bit ajar for those two veterans that may make it back. I, we'll see how it works out. But um, I think overall, you know, in general, this team certainly has a chance to surprise a lot of people around the league. Hey, Wayne, real quick before I let you go, what is learned right now? When we talk about the OTAs and mini camps, they're not really hitting. They're not pounding on one another. It's, uh, you know, it's jerseys, helmets, running around in shorts and sweats. So what do you, what, what do you, if, you know, because you've been there, done that. For people that are on the outside looking in, what are they, what are they learning? Why have these things right now? Um, really, it's more for uh, players, and, and I think it's really for um, you know, if you're if you're on defense, for example, getting the scheme down, making sure everybody's on the right page, making sure everybody has the scheme down before training camp. If you're on offense, you're seeing how uh, receivers run, the routes they run, that type of thing, seeing how cornerbacks cover. You're not seeing anything from linemen, um, either offense or defense. You're not seeing much from linebackers except do they cover, can they cover the tight end, take them down the seam, that type of thing. Uh, you're seeing how quarterbacks throw the ball, how receivers catch it. Uh, running game, you know, I mean, outside of the back hitting the right hole, that's about all you can see there. So there's not a lot of that. But this is the time. This is when you kind of put things together from a chemistry standpoint and get the repetitions in uh, that are going to benefit you when you get to September and certainly when you get to training camp in uh, late July, early August. Wayne, always a pleasure, pal. I appreciate it. And uh, we'll talk soon, okay? All right. Thanks, Bill. Take care. Thanks, buddy. Talk to you soon. Wayne Larrabee, the voice of the Green Bay Packers, joining us for a couple of minutes on the hotline. And uh, he's right. I mean, 
This is what we've been kind of saying. When you talk about uh, OTAs, mini camps and such, it's it's camaraderie. It's getting on the same page. It's seeing who uh, is kind of, you know, maneuvering in the right direction. You know, when you start talking about, you know, checking out bodies and such and, you know, does a guy, you know, bite on a fake or does he stick with a receiver? Does he have the ability to cover? And, you know, all of that kind of stuff. So that's, uh, you, you know, you're not looking for guys to be pounding on one another at this point. You're just seeing if you're in the right place at the right time. You're absorbing everything, offensive schemes, defensive schemes, special teams. You're making sure that guys are studying. They're getting their habits down, especially the young guys. So that's that's what this is all about at this time of year. Going to go ahead and take a quick break, come back. A lot more to get to. Thanks for listening to us. We certainly appreciate it. More of the Bill Michael Show coming up next. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network.